All right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome to the Rob Review. I'm your friend and success, Robert Morris. This is the show where we talk about success in the stock market. I mean, there's a lot of shows out there that talk about financial success. and Really, I think it's overwhelming because I know for me, uh, if it wasn't for finding people around my area to teach me, uh, I would have been lost in the abyss of gurus and crazy chasing of the golden ticket kind of mentality forever. But finances have been around since the dawn of time, even before there was paper money. Economies were run by financial principles that worked back then and they work now. And you got to know that firsthand to be able to believe that you can get to where you want to get to. You know, finances and and the goal of your finances has to be a priority for you because I believe the only way to be free in any society, regardless of whether you live when you're listening to this, is to own your financial future with a plan. And that plan allows you to get there. And in the getting there, the process, you can enjoy it and know that you're going to get there and know that along the way you can enjoy the wins. And so... In talking about that, we talked about investing like a CEO versus how everybody else does it. You know, using the stock market and every tool that's available in it to your advantage versus being like every other Tom, Dick, and Harry out there that buys into the notion that, you know, 5% a year is okay and 20% a year is great and that's all you're ever going to have. Don't listen to that foolish nonsense, man. It's, It's untrue. I did two trades. I did three trades this month. One of them was a loser, and the other two were profitable trades at 74% and 40%. You put that together, that's well over 100% return that I've done just this month alone, right? Now, for most people, 100% return a year would be incredible. I did it this month. Now, we're not going to talk about everything right here today, but to start off with, I think the goal and the title of this podcast was $10,000 in dividend income, right? The goal for all of us, I believe, if you really want to invest in the stock market is to eventually not have to worry about working and your income from your paper assets pay for your lifestyle. And when it comes to lifestyle, I think that here and hopefully for the next 20 plus years, $10,000 a month is a really nice cushion to have as a lifestyle. And now I'm talking about once you're debt-free, living off of $10,000 can give you the ability to pay for all your bills, everything you need, your house payment. If it's not paid off yet, it can even allow you a cushion to take care of extras. And if inflation hits, you've got a cushion. And so the dividend idea of a $10,000 a month check is passive as passive as it gets. Dividends are as passive as it gets. So it takes work to get there, but that's my goal over the next 10 to 15 years. And I believe anybody with the right mindset and the right work ethic, discipline, and know-how applying that knowledge, you you can get there. You know, take my word that I've seen people do it. I don't know if you're gonna do it, but I know that if you do Everything that those people did, you can. It is achievable. Some of you, $10,000 a month sounds like an outrageous amount of money. And, you know, if it is, then the first things first, you're going to have to wrap your head 
around that idea. But good news is you can build up to that point. Uh, dividend income means you're buying into the stock and the stock is going to pay you a dividend for giving them the money to work with to grow the company. So all along the way, you're going to start with getting a check of you know, a couple of dollars up to thousands, up to tens of thousands. So you'll build into enjoying that. I believe $120,000 a year in passive income can buy your freedom to the tune of peace of mind and allowing you to then go out and use your time to make more money if you want to or to invest in other things if you want to because if your income's taken care of, guys, this is what a mentor of mine taught me a long time ago. We all buy into the idea that our money should always go to everything. Like 100% of your income probably right now goes to your life. Well, if you do that, you never get anywhere. And so, honestly, guys, your income should not be the only, should not be going towards your lifestyle. Your income, the streams of income you have, should add up to more than you need and you should be living off of say I think Jim Rohn talks about 70% and 30% being left for you to grow with for you to invest for you to um, tithe give away those kinds of things this is not what we're going to dive in here but the, the idea of having that $10,000 a month gives you what 7000 to live off of which will take care of most anybody's expenses unless you live really luxuriously and then you've got $3,000 to grow, and you've got the time to grow it. So let's dive into how you get there. It's going to take me a couple of podcasts to go through this, but the goal of this episode is just to get you understanding that the idea of having that income starts with a plan. And the plan starts with what stocks are you going to buy. When you buy dividend stocks, you're not necessarily buying into the coolest, hippest new thing. Uh, I really would shy away from that, actually. I would look for dividend stocks that have three pieces to them. Number one, they've been around long enough that their dividend is paid out regularly and is growing. And they're global companies. And the company is optionable so that you can, number two, protect your downside with options. We'll talk about that later. And number three, I want the company, me personally, to have a forecasted ability to be around for the next 10 years meaning simply you just look at the company what they do and see that they've been around long enough that they're needed their business model is proven and that what they're doing is going to be needed moving forward long enough that 10 years time you still will have a growing company examples of my portfolio cat tractor john deere nike um, Pepsi. I'm drinking Pepsi right now. As a matter of fact, hold on. As I speak this, I'll just crack one open. Got to buy my own product, right? Now, and then, you know, you can throw some REITs in there, like uh, Realty Corp, ticker symbols O. But CAT Cat Tractor is an example I want to go further into. All these companies pay over a dollar a share dividend. Uh, REITs, though, pay by the month so their dividend is calculated annually so you're talking three dollars annual dividend but cat tractor john deere all of them have grown pretty much quarter in quarter out year in year out dividends and they pay over a dollar 
Cat Tractor is going to be around for a while. John Deere, where I live, you've got agriculture. You need tractors. Deers are everywhere. People love buying Nike shoes. Nike shoes is going to be around for a while. Nike, the company for sure, and Pepsi, they're just getting into new markets globally right now. So you're not going to see Pepsi fall off the wagon. Now, what you're sacrificing is obviously the exponential growth. Cat Tractor, Pepsi, you know, you might not see them grow by two, three, four, five times over the next 10 years. But you're looking for income from the dividend alone. If the company grows, if the stock price grows, that's a bonus, okay? That's a bonus. And I know you're thinking, well, if the stock price doesn't grow, how do I know my dividend is going to stay in tune? Well, here's the thing about dividends, guys. Once a company starts paying it, the shareholders of that company, the main shareholders, want that dividend and they're not going to give it up unless they absolutely have to. So unless the company gets to the point where they, they must totally scale back, that dividend's going to be there. Even if the stock, like Cat Tractor, for instance, is at $290 a share, $293, something like that, as I'm recording this. Okay, even if the stock only grows by $50 a share over the next 10 years, and for most people that's not a very strong growth, that dividend's going to grow, your share price is going to go up, but your dividend is going to grow, which is what we're looking for. So for most of those stocks, 8,000 shares is going to give you approximately, give or take $100, $10,000 in a dividend check. Now, dividends don't come out monthly, so how do you get a monthly dividend? If you go look, Cat Tractor pays out dividends at a different time than Cummins. Cummins pays out dividends at a different time than John Deere. I've got it calculated, plus the REIT that pays out every month, that there's never going to be a month where I don't get a dividend check. Then I build in the fact that eventually I'm going to own over 8,000 shares of every one of these companies. It's going to cost me about $2 million per company, but I'm going to build out to having a really nice dividend check every month. Now, most of y'all thinking I'm never going to be able to buy $2 million worth of stock, Robbie. What's, you got to screw loose in your head. That's not true. And I'm going to show you here over the next couple of episodes how it's real, it's, it's, it's really plausible given enough time. Cat Tractor is a good example and we'll start with that on the next episode. We'll, we'll, we'll deep dive into how I plan out buying Cat Tractor and use the year of my planning to profit. And so the stock market doesn't work the same year in, year out, month in, month out, but it does have a cyclical nature to it. Matter of fact, maybe some of you have never heard this. We'll talk about this for a minute. This is important if you're going to profit from the stock market. Historically speaking, the stock market has a calendar that makes it move. The stock market's moved by fear and greed, earnings, and interest rates, and a few other catalysts like stock splits, which used to be everywhere. Not so much nowadays. The realistic look at the market, you have to plan how you're going to buy your shares based around this calendar. January, February earnings, great earnings season, one of the best of the year. Generally speaking, if you have a downturn in the market, it's going to be in mid-February. 
and it's going to be profit-taking from the rise in January, February. And then you're going to see a pop in mid-March, which is warning season, up into April, and then you're going to see a downturn profit-taking somewhere around April tax time, going into May, April earnings, where, it, where May and June, can, you can see a pop to the upside. May is generally a, uh, <clears throat> a give-or-take month, a 50-50 month, where you're going to either see a really good month or, or, or a really bad month. Uh, June, warning season, sometimes one of the greatest cat tractor trades I do every year sometimes pops off in June. So just because it's warning season doesn't mean you can't have earnings release in May and then the stock rise in June. But for the most part, June starts a summertime movement area where the the, the market just is a lot more choppy than back in January and February, where you have large swings one one way or the other. Now, moving into uh, July and August, another earnings season, still choppy market. Mid-August down decline generally, and then a mid-September decline. Both those months can actually kind of mesh to have a pronounced decline, especially in years where you have a down market. Uh, October, November earnings season, another really great time of the year. However, what you got to understand with October is historically most stock market crashes have happened in October. And the reason being is that all money managers have to sell off their losses for the year in October. And if they're not inept in doing that, they can cause not just a sell-off, but a, a, a actual, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like you know, a, a panic in the market. And that panic can cause more than just a downward slide. It can cause a, a, a tank, and it can cause something that takes a while to recover from. But that doesn't happen every year. This year being a good example, um, we had a downside move in October, but we did not have a catastrophic meltdown. I wouldn't call it a, a bear market. Some people did, but I, I just don't. Um, then the October decline, if it doesn't, if you don't have a um, a huge decline, you know, if you don't have a uh, the word escapes me right now, but y'all know what I'm talking about. It's it's when you have a huge sell off. The November market just kind of takes a sigh of relief. Oh man, we got out of October good, and it, it usually generally rises in November. Another great trade I did on Cat Tractor that we'll get into later. I did right after the November earnings were released, and it popped up all the way from November into December, where, generally speaking, you have a market that can either be really good or not so great with the Christmas kind of hangover, and then it slides into January. And there's more pronounced pieces in there, but that's a glossed-over look at how the market flows. And now that you know that, you can take that that stuff, write it down, understand it, go historically, look at that stock that you want to buy, Cat Tractor, John Deere, whatever, and put the historical movements in the frame of reference with the calendar I just gave you. And you can plan your buying accordingly. Because what do you want to do? Well, if you know that there's going to be a possible major crash in October or just a huge decline, crash was the word I was looking for earlier, then that's good for you because you can be 
greedy when everybody else is being fearful and know that maybe that'll create a bottom for cat that you can go in and buy a bunch of shares at the end of October into the November rise. Now with that, we'll see you on the next one. The views and opinions expressed in this program or any other Rob review program are not to be considered financial advice and all these strategies have their own inherent risk. If you act on information given in this show you are doing so at your own financial risk. Map.Productions does not take part in your positive or negative financial results, that is why I recommend you consult your financial advisor before acting on any of these tips. What worked for Robbie may not work for you exactly as shown in the show.